No surprise, but where you live in the U.S. affects your health and access to health care. That's no surprise. A new report suggests that, uh, that some cities in California, Washington, Oregon, and Utah are home to the healthiest people. Southern states, as always, rank as the unhealthiest. When you live out in California uh, or in these areas that um, they kind of specialize and focus on health, in California, it's, it's always warm. It's always outside time. It's always sunny. And so a lifestyle that is health you know, positive is right there almost anywhere you live. There's beaches and there's places to run and places to walk and access to healthy food, which probably isn't cheap in California. Mm-hmm. But Oregon and Utah, also out there, um, have just a, just a very healthy vibe about them. They have access uh, and they have health clubs and uh, it's just easier to be healthy when you're in a certain kind of environment. When you're in the deep south with lack of access to gyms or to good health care or to good food or you can't afford to buy uh, good food, the, the, the numbers just switch immediately. 180 cities in America uh, were given this, this little breakdown across 43 key indicators of good health uh, by the site WalletHub, which does this accurately, it seems, and does it for a number of different things. This time, it's the, it's the health and well-being of cities in America. There are four categories, health, care, food, fitness, and green space to ride your bike or to run or to walk your dog or whatever. Uh, each metric was done on a 100-point scale with a score of 100, representing the most you know, favorable spots for a healthy lifestyle. Uh, they included the cost of a of a uh, a a doctor visit, fruit and vegetable consumption, and the amount of COVID nineteen cases. That data was gathered over the course of a month. And on that note, you're going to start seeing, and I don't, I'm not sure how to react to this yet, uh, the resurgence of the Omicron COVID nineteen variant, which is starting to pop up across America. That's the last thing we need right now. Golly. Uh-huh, yeah. Please, please. No, 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 no. We have enough to deal with right now. Their data, back to this, comes from uh, the mostly, uh, well, it's they, uh, they are reliable government sources. The Census Bureau and the Council for, for, for a Community and other research and um, the CDC and all kind of stuff that they put together to create this list of American healthy and not healthy cities. Number one, San Francisco, uh, due to the mental and physical health of their residents, health insurance coverage, and because eight in 10 of their people got the shots and they didn't have COVID uh, issues up there uh, much at all. Brownsville, Texas, ranked last based upon the lack of health care providers and healthy food restaurants. Plus, they have the highest share of obese residents. Um, Okay, that's a drag. Uh, A low share of adults who engage in any kind of activity whatsoever. Six in ten don't ever do anything except sit on the couch and eat Cheetos and watch the TV. Low well-being. No, it's just it's just not. Uh, In uh, Fermont, I don't know where that is out in in California. 
the lowest share of um, unhealthy, uh, just you know, folks. Uh, I guess uh, the the kids and adults at eight percent. That's really impressive. Huh. Two. That's two point five times. Uh, uh, it's that is less than Huntington, West Virginia, the city with the highest at nineteen point six. So unhealthy in general, sick in uh, Vermont, lowest, highest, Huntington, West Virginia. Not a bastion of health um, and places to picture people being healthy because they're just they're just not. Um, other spots, let's see. Uh, in Vermont, the lowest share of adults eating fruit less than once a day, uh, about 30%, which is 1.7 times uh, you know, lower than Gulfport, where half the people there never eat fruits and veggies, at least not every day. So Gulfport and that part of the state in the South show up over and over again. The healthiest American cities, once again, San Francisco, Number two, Seattle. Number three, San Diego, where it's a gorgeous place with beaches and green space and healthy food. And it's much easier to be healthy when you're in that kind of environment. Yeah. Portland, Oregon, full of hippies getting high and eating kale and having a great time and not being <laughs> sick. Salt Lake City, Utah. I used to live there. Very healthy vibe. It's a very, out, you know, it's just you know, outdoors and it's beautiful. Uh, and they just have a healthy approach to life. Honolulu, Hawaii, not much of a shock there. Austin, Texas, a, a college town that's always been very progressive, and uh, they promote healthy living and healthy eating and, you know, that. Denver, Colorado, number eight. Uh, up in Vermont, um, they have two cities there um, that are in the, well, they're kind of, they're, they're just on this list. South. Uh, Burlington, Vermont, and I guess there's one more right there beside them. And oddly enough, Washington, D.C. is healthy. Top 10. I wonder mm. why they mm. are. I wonder if politicians, there's... I can't see them really caring about, well, I don't know. That's just strange to me. I, I can see that there would be a lot of places, though, that were, would cater to a healthier lifestyle for the few that really want to you know, pursue that. Or for their adjuncts or visitors or mm -hmm. uh, I don't know the local residents probably can't afford that kind of stuff but uh, people that live in Maryland too probably live yeah. out you know, you know and that's more of a you know country area so I don't know how many people that actually you know live in the heart of DC uh, but maybe it's just the you know surrounding uh, areas here are the un the unhealthiest ones oh boy. Montgomery right. Alabama at 173. Columbus, Georgia, 174. Augusta, uh, Georgia, where the Masters was this weekend. Shreveport, Louisiana at, at 176. Uh, Charleston, West Virginia at 177. 178, Jackson, Mississippi. They don't care about what they eat and drink, and they just don't care. Number 179, Memphis, Tennessee. Oh. Are we shocked? No, nah, not at all. Nah. Gulfport. 181, and, and, and then uh, back to Brownsville, Texas, which for some reason is the unhealthiest place. No health care, no healthy restaurants. I guess it's just a hot, nasty, dusty Brownsville, <laughs> Texas town. So Memphis, good job. Uh, 179 out of 182. Keep on trying. It, 
it sucks that on the fruit note that the South sucks at that because this is where it grows well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is part of the nation well, where it grows it. well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. California and Florida have lots of produce and things like that. But around here, um, I guess they just grow cheeseburgers and, you know, fries and Fritos. <laughs> I, I, yep. I don't know. But that's that's not very uh, not very promising. But uh, can't have everything, I guess. I don't know. It's yeah. just it's just too bad. Uh, you know, this on the note of health, this this should probably you know bother people. It's a bit unsettling. I saw this story last week, and I went, "Well, you've been warned over and over again." The story about microplastics being found in people's lungs. Yeah, this will fall on. I would guess mostly deaf ears, but still, this is what happens with you know plastic and all this mess. Read this story, Wes. It's a yeah. This, it's I, and there's, I don't know what you could really do about this, but it's it's good to know about and maybe pressure for some kind of bigger change to happen. But these are microplastics, and these are by definition smaller than a pencil eraser, so they're very easy to inhale or ingest without even noticing that it's happened to you. And there have been studies enough already that show there's microplastics in human stool and autopsy samples. But now for the first time, scientists have discovered these plastic particles in the lungs of living patients. Yikes. Talks about uh, this school, uh, medical school in the UK, analyzed lung tissue. And they admit it is a pretty small sample, but it's the first time that they have noticed and confirmed that, yeah, these people have microplastics in their lungs, in the upper, middle, and lower regions, all three. And the level of pollution, they say, in the lower lungs was particularly surprising. So I guess it's it's just, you know, gathers down there, which I guess with gravity makes sense. Uh, but they it just goes to show, the story says, how much plastics are everywhere and yep. just unavoidable. Some of them have been found in the uh, bloodstreams of people. Some of them have been uh, found you know, going through other uh, systems. And you know, some do get out of the bodies just by digestion, but others aren't. And they're going to stick around and they're going to have to study some more of this to understand the full impact of this microplastic pollution within the human body. So we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, it comes from – there's just plastic everywhere in, in just about yeah. everything. I mean, food comes wrapped up in it. Uh, your little coffee pod things are plastic. Yeah. And, and credit cards are plastic. So, yeah. It's plastic. almost hard to avoid. Um, it, there was a documentary we discussed, I don't know, 10 years ago uh, that was, was a warning about this. But people don't pay attention. Uh, but this has been a problem for a long time. You've been warned, yet nobody cares. But I, I want to be the guy that has the gig of, uh, you know, going through stools looking for tiny pieces of plastic. That's my kind of job right there. <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> see you doing Ugh. that, yes. I don't think I will, but some <laughs> scientists uh, did. Uh, but, yeah, it's been, this has been a caution for a long time. Plastic is not good. Ask the oceans of the world. I know. Where all this mess ends up. It's um, it's a drag. This story is kind of reminds you of a scene or two from the Shawshank Redemption. Um, these guys had been in jail for decades, some of them. The actor James Whitmore, uh, one of the great actors of the past hundred years, played a character named Brooks, and he was a laid-back and mellow old dude. And he got released from jail after being in there for a long, long time. 
and he was turned out into the world. And then he got a job. I believe he got the same job as Morgan Freeman got. Um, he was in that film in a prominent role. He was the, the a narrator uh, of, of the movie. But when Brooks got out, he immediately was confused and didn't know what to do because he'd been in jail for so long. And he wanted to get back in jail. Um, uh, but that didn't work out. And he hanged himself in this hotel room or this this uh, boarding house where, where he was and carved into the wall, Red was here. And so that was, he was accustomed to being in prison and couldn't adapt to being back in real life. And so Morgan Freeman's character, who has failed his parole hearing a number of of times, finally gets his, he's probably by then in his 60s, and they release him, much to his shock. Because as I recall, he told the people on the board that he didn't really care anymore. I think he used the phrase, I don't give a shit what you do. And they released him. And so he was turned out in the same city where Red had been, and he gets a job bagging groceries, which is awful. And he, he doesn't know how to act or how to interact with people. And there's a scene where he walks away from this place, and he looks in a pawn shop window, and he's considering buying a gun to commit a crime to get back in jail where he feels more comfortable. And he is oddly in the same room at the boarding house where Red was. He is and Red. He's, oh, yes, he is Red. The other guy was Brooks. Sorry. Brooks was here, was carved into the wall, right? Yeah. And, and so he is contemplating, I guess, killing himself like Brooks did, but he didn't. And he went on this, this, uh, this, this, uh, this, this mission to find Andy played by Tim Robbins. And you've probably all seen this film. So he opts to not, you know, kill himself, but he wanted to be in jail where he felt more comfortable. Hence uh, that build up to this story here. A guy robbed a bank in Utah, older man, mid sixties. And he just wanted to be locked up, I guess. It doesn't say if he was in prison before, but he desired to be sent to the federal pen. So he carried out a bank robbery, a polite bank robbery in pursuit of that goal. Donald, somebody, was arrested Monday morning after he went into a Wells Fargo bank in downtown Salt Lake and gave him a note that read, please pardon me for doing this, but this is a robbery. Please give me one dollar. Thank you. Okay. The, the teller complied and asked him to leave. He told her to call the police, and he sat in the bank lobby waiting to be locked up. The police it didn't get there right away. Oh. <laughs> Upon arrival, they arrested him, who, and then he gave them the dollar he had stolen. The arrest report states he wanted to get back or go to jail, and... If he gets out because of the nature of the crime, he will rob somebody again and next time ask for more money and maybe, you know, brandish a gun in 
an effort to be put in federal prison. Three hots in a cot. Mm-hmm. And the comfort of not having to live his life, I guess, on the streets. That's sad. Desperate. It's, I know. It's He's 65. You wonder, because that's all the story says. I saw it too. Yeah, and it's, I know. And it's, so you don't know if, is he... Is he depressed? Is he lonely? Yes. Is, is, yes. Does he think that's his only? Yes. Yeah, it's it's crazy and sad. It is sad, but I guess he has to really go for it to get put in the joint. So that, that's just that's just sad. But it does bring to mind, I guess, how you get so used to being someplace yeah. where you have food and a bed, and then you you don't want to leave it. It's just kind of rough. I don't know. I guess Wes would never do that, but. There's still time. Uh, there is still time. You know, I, you know, that may be a retirement plan. <laughs> well, it, it was his. Yeah. <laughs> and this one here. Yeah. What now? Go ahead. It, no, oh, it's just. Well, I coughed. I actually saw the story yesterday and I was like, why is that the end of the story? You know, I, know. I, I guess they're not they're Well, since he got taken into custody, whoever reported about it couldn't like interview him and go, why? The, what is your plan? Why the hell did you want to do this? Well, he surely was not put in jail for a dollar of a robbery, unless that the robbery itself was enough to get him put behind bars, but not a federal pen. No, 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 no. He didn't no. achieve his goal. So this one is just weird. When y'all were younger, did you ever play with? Ouija boards. Oh yeah, of course. West I, did. No, I yeah, didn't. and and I, I, they. I mean, there's nothing really mystical about them. It's all you know how your nerves and the fingertips make you do things. So you don't believe that it is a, a telling of your future and if you oh, ask no, it, no, no, no. Okay. The, the the nerves at the on your fingertips are so sensitive. If you take a a piece of string say, and tape a penny or something to the end of it and hold it between your forefinger and, and thumb and yeah. just think about what direction you want that coin to spin in. Uh, you know, Go in a circle or go back and forth, left and right. It'll start doing it after a moment. And it's nothing mystical. It's because you're wanting that to happen and your nerves are making it happen. Just, it's so subtle you can't tell. It's the same thing with a Ouija board. You put your hands lightly on, on that. Uh, it has a name the uh the thing that goes to the letters yeah but uh it it will your that same principle will make the plantier maybe uh go to the go to the right place how many folks did you play it with at one time ever uh two with two people on the board and then other people were around and it was several times during college it was because okay if, if i was on it i could i was controlling the answers that to the questions they were asking. Okay. Of course you are. <laughs> well, be quiet, Dino. Dino's pissed about something downstairs. <laughs> he likes playing with Ouija board. Okay, okay. So what you just said is contrary to this story. This is weird. Twenty-eight girls rushed to hospitals after playing with a Ouija board at school. All these girls were uh, taken to ERs. 28 kids passed out while playing with this, the uh, seance set at some school in Columbia. And there's a picture of somebody carrying this girl into the hospital. They passed out, fainting, anxiety, and other symptoms. Hmm. Concerned teachers freaked out 
took them all to, the, to these hospitals in various cars and such. 28 cases of anxiety-induced fainting in the students at a school. And nobody can figure out why. Given the reported cases, a series of comments were unleashed on the community that, rather than helping to resolve this mess, led to confusion and an adverse environment for the work they were trying to do at the school, which is a pretty cold-hearted response, because something was funky about this. They were all hospitalized briefly with teachers in tow, and the parents were informed to come get them. The last line of this story, the school is waiting for the reports from doctors before giving an update on the incident. One more story that leaves you hanging. Mm-hmm. That's weird. What do we make of this? It's very strange. They freaked themselves out because they worked themselves up about the whole thing. I don't know. But 28 all, at one time I, are fainting and falling out and fainting and falling back in it. Okay. It, it was the ghost of John Lennon pissed off at them. I don't, I don't unless, have any idea. Unless one of them put a... Not spell, but on the other 27, and then she had to fake passing out, too, just to be in the yeah, group. Yeah, she was a witch, and so she got them all find her. I don't know. The school has Weird. no answers, no statements. They ask people to refrain from being judgmental and making their own diagnosis. The kids were playing with Ouija boards in class before this ensued. So if one or two had passed out, that seems, you know, whatever. 28 passed out, and no one confirm anything about it. Story ends. Does it say their ages or age? Uh, by the picture involved here, I'm guessing um, early mid-teens. So high school. Hmm. Do kids these days still play with these things, do you think? Or is that so far gone it's I, old school stuff? Maybe. I don't know. Mm. Uh, where was was this in this? Where was this? Let's see. Well, it's um, this is from... I think it is the country, Colombia. But no, it says, this is from the U.S. version of The Sun, which is a semi-tabloidian paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but So is this all bullshit, or did something really freak them out when 28 kids start passing out? But or did they say a bunch of dope and get too high, and that's I why they think <laughs> Well, there's that, too. Uh, yeah. Gummies. But it, they it ate three gummies at school. Yeah. It doesn't say where this took place? Colombia. At a, oh, it, at had, a it took place in Colombia. Okay. At a Galeris educational institution. Okay. 28 kids fainting and falling out, and no one knows why. That's just and weird. Nobody has any answers. You know, on that note, Wes had a story about witches that I thought was pretty damn funny <laughs> coming out of the mouth of some pastor someplace. Is that what this was? Yes, this was a pastor named Greg Locke. And he's in Tennessee. The story doesn't say exactly oh, exactly where, but yeah, he is. He appeared on the show the, hosted by Candace Taylor, a conspiracy theorist, and it says that actual <laughs> right. witches do walk among us, and they don't just they don't they just don't ride on broomsticks, etc. Have long pointy noses, but they're still witches. And he says, and I'm quoting him as quoted in the story here first of all you have to boldly acknowledge their existence you gotta get away from this long pointy nose green face wizard of oz riding around on broom idea which is our reality and he goes on to say 
Our public school system is hiring full-blown, well-known witches at an alarming rate. Thousands Everyone. of people in these witches' covens. Everyone I had no that. idea the witch population was anywhere near that high in Tennessee. How do you spot one? <laughs> Uh, well, I don't. I don't know. I guess they're they're in disguise because they're not wearing the Come pointy on, hats. They're not having green green faces anymore. So. I, I just don't know, but uh, he says that they dress up like Christians and come to churches all the time. Hmm. I, I was kind—I of, I would imagine witches could go into a church as well as anyone else. I don't know how that exactly works, but he uh, they would confront catch on fire, wouldn't they? I, uh, well, that some some theories say that, I guess. But uh, he well, the green uh, face would be a dead giveaway. But if they don't have that, how do you know? <laughs> right. Right, uh, and you know, the, if no, there's no long, warty nose or or pointed hat. Uh, you don't know, but he's sure also that there were witches in his in his church. He says he has to make a standing announcement before church services that no witches are allowed to lay hands on him and pray. Oh, it looks like he would welcome the church, the witches into to his church them. to try to convert <laughs> yeah, them. But right. uh, he said, we got first and last names of six witches that are in our church. And you know what strange three of you are in this room right now, he said during one sermon that is quoted in here. You better look in my eyeballs. We're not afraid of you stinking witch, you devil worshiping satanic witch says Pastor Greg Locke. I want to find him on the internet and send this guy a check because um, I am all for his <laughs> movement to find witches. He's one more of these crazy mother effers who is a, who's, who's a preacher. I, he's got to be on TV somewhere. He, what a, religion? Another say fraud. What, say what church was? And it doesn't. Well, it just, guess Baptist. Why not? just describes uh -huh. him as a Christian pastor. So Sure he is. He's a fucking dickhead. All right, uh, that that was fun. We talk about exercise and that kind of stuff um, on and off around here, and how to do it, how to do it without having to, you know, strain yourself and uh, still get your body stretched out and do some walking and keep yourself relatively um, active. It's good for your health, good for your heart, good for your brain, and people do different stuff. There was a fad. This may have been spawned by a movie, that inversion thing where you, you lock your legs onto a bar and it's right. like doing a reverse kind of a chin-up, right? Remember that? And I, I always thought that, 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 it, that it looks stupid and I didn't know what the point was. Well, this is a version of that, of that concept that Sid's got of how to do it a different way. What's the deal? Well, I think that, are you talking about like hanging straight up and down or when people yeah. would get in this chair thing and just kind of tilt back to where they were tilted? No, hanging from your ankles that were locked into these things on a bar and you were uh, hanging upside down. Like Yeah, um, I remember seeing that, that type of thing, but I don't know what it was for. Um, blood flow, in, circulation, in, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I would. It would pop my back. But there's, there's now a... a uh, you know, there, there's all different things that that you do in yoga and stuff. And, I, and I've never done yoga, so I don't know the different things and what they do for you. But the legs up on the wall pose can be beneficial. To, and it looks, it's not really, it's just a pose. It's not like an exercise. But you lie down, you put your rear end against the baseboard, and you put your legs straight up onto the wall. And it's it says it's like a modification like uh, uh not it's not in classical yoga as a posture but it's kind of a modification and if you're relatively healthy 
it's you can get into the pose. You just swing your legs up and prop prop them up on the wall, and you, you know be careful get when you get down on the floor, whatever. But it's said to help circulation. Uh, you, if you have tight hamstrings, you don't want to put your butt all the way against the wall and things like that. If you have back problems, you might want lumbar support a little bit. But it's beneficial for circulation. Think about it. We are walking or sitting or standing all day. Your feet are on the floor. They're under you. Mm -hmm. There's gravity. So this can increase circulation by doing this. Makes Um, sense. You know, it makes sense. I want to try it. Um, It's, 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 it's after your fluids pool in your legs. So that can make your legs swell too. So this can combat and helps your heart with circulation. So I've, I've always... My back, late in the past five years or so, I will turn different ways and tweak it sometimes, and maybe pick. I need to do more back it exercises, but I feel like this time. might make my back help my back pop and or relax. Yeah, getting old you know? is not for babies because all kind of shit starts to go <laughs> go wonky on you, like your knees, your back. Your knees. You can back, bend yeah, over to pick hips. up a rock, and your back is you're in bed for a week. I freaking so, pull weeds for five minutes, and I'm like, God, I gotta sit down. My back is killing me. Oh yeah, I you know I, I walk around with this backpack blower on me that must weigh fifty yeah. pounds, and now that's exercise a. But if you turn wrong and bend over with that on your back, um, you need to, it's it's you can pull stuff easier the older you get. But I'm um, it's this in the morning when you wake up, yeah uh, the 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 uh, fluids have pooled in your face. So if your pace, if your pace is like kind of puffy, uh, in an hour or so, all of that drains down. So this stuff is going up and down all the time. It's yeah, it's so weird. Uh, but cool to think I'm about. not sure I'm going to lay on my back, with my legs up on the wall. You do it for us and get back. I'll to let us you on know. <laughs> and on the on the puffy face though, they make these things because we didn't buy one, but we got one from somebody, um, which was kind of strange but cool because I use it all the time. It's this little roller. You keep it in the refrigerator, and it's made out of something that stays cold for a long time. Like it feels like it would be marble. It's not marble, but it feels like it would be that. So it's some hard little thing on a roller, and it's a small roller on one side and a larger one on the other. But, I mean, the larger one is only like two inches, and it just looks like this bead. And you roll it on the puffiness under your eyes. You can roll it on your face You know, in the morning when you wake up, and it helps reduce that swelling faster and it feels good and it helps wake you up they're really cool and there's cucumbers on the eyes mm-hmm. that is a is a is a known fact there are these little patches you can buy that are blue and they that uh, they stick on your face under your eyes and they reduce that that look of being kind of puffy so there are there's so much stuff out there and you know men i think are a lot more aware of how they look because the first impression anybody gets of you is your face. So why don't you take care of it better and moisturize? You know, men, uh, it's, we all have skin and it, all, it, it, mm-hmm. it has needs. So if your face is the first impression someone has of you, maybe some time to trim your eyebrows. Yeah. I don't know why these guys get, to get these bushy-ass eyebrows. Oh, my God. And have this, you know, this kind of a Bigfoot look. Trim your freaking eyebrows. <laughs> they'll be it on makes the such news. a difference. They'll be on the news it, or a show, and you can't help but stare at the eyebrows exactly. when, you, when they're talking. And, 
And some people do it, I think, <laughs> to to kind of look unkempt or something. But it but it drives me crazy. And uh, you, you can, <laughs> I have a, a beard trimmer that has you know it's it's an eye, it's on my eyebrows on my on my beard area, which it isn't isn't that long because I keep it I keep it short because um, I don't like it when it turns white. That's when I put some <laughs> dye on my beard to make it look less salt and peppery. So yeah. I don't like having this white shit on my face. But I but I, what I <laughs> I I know I'm going to give up when certain other areas that have hair turn white. That's what I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> uh, so I will know that that is a oh, sign of the funny. end. So oh, um, that's funny. Well, I don't know. And but Wes isn't isn't saying a freaking word. So. Um, well, look, men, Hello, when, when men get gray yeah. in the beard, they, it looks good on you all. Well, see, it depends. It, it does. See, I, oh. I, I grew a mustache in college because I wanted to look older. Oh, and, and it worked, <laughs> and it kept working. And when it started to go gray, it did so uh, unevenly. Like one yeah. side had right. a, oh, that's funny. a whole lot of gray and the other just had a little bit. And that looked weird <laughs> on its own. And the whole thing made me look older. And by then... I was over trying to look older because I was. So well, was that older. Yeah, yeah and you you also see men who have beards for a long time, and they mm-hmm. shave them, trying to trying to look younger, and it usually works, unless the skin under your beard is just a mess. And then, um, Al Pacino, in this show we have discussed before, um. Hunters. Hunters, yeah. Look look at how unkempt that is. God, it's black, me. it's white, it's too long, it's not trimmed by design, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But everybody has their own their own wants and needs for how they look, but uh, it just seems to be a better way to to do than I mean, just to keep yourself looking like you're trying at least and haven't totally yeah. given up on your you know you know, on your right, entire right, right. look. So <laughs> So good luck out there with your face, but there there's so much stuff for men now. Makeup, I'm not going to wear you know any kind of mascara or get my you know eyelashes done. But no. there's so many things to be done now, and I've done some stuff, and I, it 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 just works out for me. Men don't talk about it, but they do it. Botox, all that kind of stuff is effective. And people are making a fortune in that business. So, yep. nails. But don't, yeah. but don't get that look like a cat. Leave your cheekbones alone. <laughs> right. Yes. Just get old, uh, yeah. but do it gracefully. That's our best advice because we're all falling apart, except for Sid. No. Who's going to oh, put her thanks. legs up on a damn wall? You haven't seen no. me lately. Yeah, you look really old and out of it. So, <laughs> just not, just quit trying. Uh, anyway, do what you want to do. Uh, I I um have a habit in the afternoons of having popcorn. Um, but I don't do it like our moms used to do it. And this story says that maybe one of the healthiest things you can snack on because it is filling, which is, you know, for sure. Uh-huh. But it's all in how you do it. And they don't really bring that up. Popcorn is a great idea uh, before dinner because it, it really does, um, it, it, it does fill you up, but the suggestions here are to do it in the pot with the oil and all that and not microwave popcorn. Mm-hmm. Now, I found some stuff uh, made with avocado salt 
and it seemed healthier, which is, I'm sure, just a complete scam. Uh, but and, I, and then I put this, you know, seasoning stuff on there, and it's a great snack. Uh, and you can, you can eat it, and you're kind of filled up. This story is about it being a great main course, and there's no need to fry it. And uh, you can do it from scratch in minutes with no equipment other than a large pot. So back in the day, I can recall my mom making it in a pot, and it popped, and it was all groovy and a lot healthier, yeah. probably. Now, I uh, was out of my stuff. This is made by, by Orville, the stuff that I have. And I was out of that, and we had some of that um, that other kind with the butter flavor, the Act Two. Well, yeah, a lot of I, that kind. It tasted like ass. It was really? awful. It was awful. Uh, oh. Way too much butter, and way it's. I just I I tossed most of it out because uh, it just tasted funky. So these things don't all taste the same, and they have suggestions here on how to add seasoning to it of any kind. But they suggest that you make your own seasoning, like anybody has time to do that. Uh, stovetop popcorn is what they suggest with a large pot and oil and the little kernels. And then you make your own seasoning. Uh, a salty mix, a sweet treat, or a bit of both. Customize your bowl based upon what your taste buds are telling you. Who writes this stuff? Um, <laughs> melted butter, which is why they always say don't ever buy the theater popcorn is it is covered in so much garbage that you're just eating junk. Uh, but the right kind of oil in the pot makes it taste you know, differently. That'd be olive oil or uh, coconut oil. And you can make your own uh, you know, cheesy, herby, uh, garlicky, spicy, those kind of things if you want to. But popcorn. And, okay, it, but and it does fill you up, though. But why mm -hmm. are they saying that the microwave stuff is not good? They don't even mention it, but um, huh. haven't we always heard that, that it's yeah. less healthy? Well, uh, do they have to put something in those packets when they're on the shelf for so long, as opposed to just kernels in the jar that you dump in oil maybe, or whatever? Maybe, you know? yeah. Did, did you guys... Sodium. Eat, yeah, or something. Did, you, did either of you or your moms or grandparents have one of those poppers that you plug in and you add oil to it, and you put the glass lid on it. Well, you put the kernels in the oil, and you put the glass oh, lid yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I my remember that. I think that. that's probably oh, still yeah. at my and, and my parents' house. <laughs> then, then the next uh, level of advancement was the uh, air popper. Yes, we had one yeah. of those. Too. Yeah. You didn't need any yeah. oil. You just put the kernels in, and uh, something about the hot air made them pop, and they came out mm -hmm. of the chute and into the bowl. So yeah, the good. only part of this that got on my nerves was um, the last suggestion for uh, the tasting or to, uh, to add some taste to it. Maple pumpkin spice popcorn. Stop Yuck. it. Stop it. <laughs> please, please stop it. Uh, so popcorn, it does make you full. Oh, sure. Uh, therefore, you, you, you might not consume, you know, half the fridge after you eat it. Uh, so there are some thoughts about that. And there have been hangover cures talked about forever and ever and ever. And this new report... Uh, says that none of this stuff is really accurate because there isn't enough um, uh, info to back it up. Uh, tomato juice is one thing. Uh, kombucha, uh, greasy eggs and ketchup. Uh, I guess bacon, anything that would you know eat up 
all the crap in your body. The key to it is to drink water as you're drinking your you know booze. Yep. That helps. Uh, yeah. Zinc is also a help. So they did a review of uh, 21 placebo-controlled trials that examined some of these cures. The upshot is that this research that has been done so far is pretty shoddy, and there's no guarantee any of this stuff works. The key is to not drink too much or to at least use water um, along with it. Some of these things like curcumin, which gives the spice a turmeric its color, red ginseng, uh, NSAID painkillers, and pear juice. Never mm. heard about pear juice before. I've heard about uh, pickle juice. Some folks, you know, if you can, you know, gag that down when you're almost <laughs> about to puke anyway, then you, um, good for you. So they used these things uh, and tested some other scientific, if that's the right word, reasons or ways to make yourself not feel like ass. Clove extract. Now, when I see the word clove, I smell those horrible cigarettes. Oh, they were so good. From bars. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, they were so good. <laughs> so they used that um, tolphenamic acid. Um, and, oh, and they did all these other things. Uh, but aspirin, coffee, those things seem to be uh, the most helpful. Uh, but some of the other things were uh, B6 is a help. Zinc is a help. Uh, but all the tried and through things are just really not going to help you. It's probably all based upon what you drank. If you mixed, you know, wine and beer, first of yeah. all, you shouldn't be allowed to drink because that's yep. just stupid. Um, <laughs> and too much sugar, you know, Jack and Coke, about, about 20 of those. And yes, you'll feel bad. Uh, and cheap red wine and just garbage like that. But everybody has their own uh, way to monitor what they do it and seems how to like, recover from it. Yeah, it seems like the, that pickle juice would make you more dehydrated. And I've heard, and, and it's all probably you've got to add some water in there somewhere. But you've got to have water, yeah. And, but now they make like little individually wrapped like pills that supposedly but i think even on the packaging of that because a friend of mine had some years ago it says you know have a, have so and so many waters to so and so many drinks but then there's one there's a milk thistle or something that i've heard i, I don't they, yeah I, who knows if it works there's all kind of supplements and things that people think work but um some do i guess and some don't uh what else um sleep is a never-ending discussion in our lives because of the odd schedules that we all keep. Not all of us, but many of us do. But this is not an 8 to 5 world and hadn't been for a long time. Uh, I crashed last night at about 10.30 after having a four-hour nap and slept for two hours and got up once, had some milk, laid back down, and at 4.20 said, screw it, and just got up. So by the time we're, I mean, I, so th this pattern I'm trying to get, you know, back into to do this takes time to recover from after you've just been up and been asleep for a day, then up for a day and done, you know, too much fun and then had some more sleep. Uh, but sleeping is a real issue these days. There are stories about it constantly. And Wes has one I want to hear about. 
How to yep. sleep like a baby. Yep, and the subheadline is steal the bedtime routine of a toddler. How? And what's this mean? Well, that, that's what I'm going to explain. There's, well, there's a whole story to go with it. Uh, it. And he starts out just like you did. The pandemic has ruined our yeah. sleep, which was already screwed up. He uh, cites a study, study about how sleeping pill use has gone up and drinking has gone up. And there's stories all over the place about it. And he says lots of them talk about breathing exercises, calming routines. Uh, they're yeah. useful. Try them. But according to this one pediatrician, you don't need fancy techniques. You just need to steal the bedtime routine of a toddler, which he says... If you've ever tried to get a an anxious, overstimulated three-year-old into uh, bed, then you understand the steps you've got to do to get uh, get them there. And <laughs> there's only four of them, and Whiskey. the first one is the first one is the obvious <laughs> one: set a fixed bedtime. Yeah, good and luck with that. Yeah, yeah it, it, there's good quality data that shows regular bedtimes help improve toddlers' sleep, and it's equally important to adults. And this is. From pediatric emergency medicine physician Dr. Hazen Morelli. So doesn't that sound that. like a, a total impossibility? A baby is one thing. Mm-hmm. Somebody who is, you know, fully grown, that's a bit different. Well, it depends on the rest of your life in a lot of ways. But babies have no real life to worry about. Well, no they job don't have to get to. Get to. A, yeah, they don't have yeah. two or three jobs. They might be juggling, or just one, right. or yeah. uh, you know, any other. You know, kind of stressors. They've got stress enough just figuring out why they're cold. <laughs> yeah, mom. Why they're laying in their me. own poop. Yeah, rock yeah. me and change yeah. me. <laughs> the uh, second of these is take a hot bath or shower before going to sleep, because the a hot shower says one or two hours before a planned bedtime really improves the time it takes to get to sleep because our body temperature naturally drops before sleep, and a hot shower dilates your blood vessels, accelerating the process. Hmm. But that means you got to get all wet and stuff at night, and who needs that? I love to sleep clean, whatever. <laughs> just that. get some of those handy wipes and just you know wipe off your <laughs> rag off farts. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> yeah. speaking of wiping, the third one is apply lotion, and it's not not just to keep your skin soft. That could be a nice bonus, they say. But uh, people who are infants who received a bedtime massage with lotions. Uh, were tested against those who were massaged without lotions and those that got no massage at all. And it was the first ones, the massage with the lotion, that experienced longer periods of sleep. Obviously, you can't have an at-home masseuse to do this for you every night, <laughs> but you can put lotion, uh, apply it to yourself before going to bed. And if you get some that's scented with like lavender or something that helps you relax, yeah. that will probably that, help yeah. you get to sleep better too. Yeah, lavender then, is a really a soothing thing. Uh, I have various kinds of lotion that I do, but I don't do my my entire body. That be that's just way too much. But little babies are smaller. It turns out. Yeah. So giving <laughs> them all, you lotion. know, you know, greased up might be helpful. Okay, cool. <laughs> and, and the last <laughs> one here is engage. Yes, like a like a greased pig. They're easy to hold on to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The last one for you know helping you get to sleep better and faster is engage in a quiet activity right before going to bed. It says no sensible adult will try to rip a toddler away from an engaging activity one minute and get them into bed the next. And so uh, their first suggestion here is, like, read before bed uh, or just do something that's quieting without a screen and not uh, something that's uh, electronic. I don't don't do, yeah, yeah. I watch TV until I get done. Then I turn it off, and I, I, I read sometimes... 
and then watch some more TV, and then when I take my nighttime, you know, pill packet, like Elvis used to have, um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll wait for it to you know kick in, and then try to breathe myself to sleep, and that usually works. The uh, breathing trick is helpful, and even if you don't get to sleep, you're at least getting rest in your body, and you're breathing right. It's so a, that's yeah. important too. Um, it helps but, you relax. In these crazy times, man, it's it's. I mean. You know, once once your brain gets cranked up, and you start thinking about work, or about mm, the yep. family, or about what you got to do, or about who you owe money to, uh, it's really hard to turn that off. That's why this morning I was, you know, I was up at about three, drank some milk, laid back. It it was pointless because I was already, you know, speeding in my head and just got up. But today I'll, you know, crash out and have a nap and ruin my sleep tonight too. Until I get back in the groove. so Well, just do your nighttime calming routine with two packs of the sleep meds instead of what? No, I'm just kidding. My nighttime oh, calming I, routine I is, is, is drying my hair most of the way if I, if, I have the inner, if I have the energy. And just taking off my pajama bottoms and my slippers and getting in there and breathing. And then I, breathing, and then, breathing helps, and then yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. But then I start. I, I, pulled, I pulled a U and my husband last night as, as far as or the night before as far as lying there and just stuff going through your head and you can't yeah. get it out can't stop I, oh, that happened can't to me Sunday it. night it was so annoying yeah it's it really is to, I mean once you get your brain going and um, it just goes to all these places and you can't stop the this just all the roads you go down until you just finally wear yourself out and just pass out but um, yeah it's it's harder to sleep than it ever has been, I think. Mm-hmm. And people like nurses and doctors and firefighters and cops, who are on two, off three, whatever they, you know, they, that just must be, you know, hellish. Our truck drivers who drive and then try to stop and sleep. Oh God, yeah. It's it is it's not like it used to be. Nothing is like it used to be. Um, we are in a whole new world, and there's a yes. lot more in your mind to think about, and so you worry and. Think about stuff, and uh, it's hard to knock yourself out. That's why they make pills. Um, so um, the Aleve PM is really good. Uh, that helps, and um, a number of other things help, too. They say that some, that some red wine before bed will, uh, will kind of ease you into it. Uh, some folks say that I shot a bourbon, but I'm not doing any whiskey mm. before I crash at night. There's Mm-mm. just no way. Um, so anyway, those are... That's the health portion of our program. There we go. Yeah. Hope you hope you really really did uh, enjoy that. We all get invaded every day, either on or in the email or on your phone via text. I got two texts yesterday saying that my account at something had been canceled. I needed to click here for more information. I got two of those from different sources, and I couldn't block the numbers, but I could hit the X part to make it all just go away. Uh, the emails have ceased. The phone calls have slowed down, but they come in waves. But the, but the scamming is everywhere. In the mail, we get things that are just ridiculous, and they're becoming so obvious that it's that, that they're a scam. That most people are, they look closely at what they're reading or getting on their phone, and their email or in the mail. Uh, but the scamming continues, and if one person bites, they win. Mm-hmm. So Sid had a piece about the most current, relevant scamming issues going on. What are the new ones? 
Well, this is actually people that that answered kind of a poll of oh, okay. things that they've yeah things that they've encountered, uh, either themselves or from others that are scams, and they're clearly scams. This one is from a teller manager at a bank. I've had a few elderly people who actually believe their grandkids are in jail and need to take twenty thousand dollars out of their accounts in cash to order in order to bail them out. I literally tell them, you're falling for a scam. Call your grandkids in front of me. Of course, the kid then answers. Their hearts are in the right place, but they, they really need to think before they take large amounts like that out. Also, if they gave the scammers their personal addresses, because that happens. Yeah. Um, one is phone scammers saying that you can pay an overdue utility bill in Apple gift cards. What? Man. Yeah. But it's amazing how many people fall for that. There's uh, I know. There's a guy, some guys on YouTube that just do videos of themselves tracking down scammers and getting into their hacking into the scammers' computers and removing files and and you know, shaming them and naming them and showing where they are and so forth. But it's amazing how many people really do fall for that. You've got to pay for this in gift cards. There mm. are ads ads I've seen on YouTube that show people with a handful of gift cards coming up to the counter to a confused you know, clerk there. And the, the letter is just, if you, if you have to pay in gift cards, it's a scam. I told you all about my experience with that. And I'm not that gullible. And, well, maybe I am. Uh, but I uh, bought into one of these things late last year. And looking back, uh, I guess I am stupid sometimes. I got an email... <laughs> Maybe most of the time. I got an email from a good friend of mine and who I haven't seen in a long time, but on occasion he'll, he'll text me and stuff. So I get this email from uh, what appears to be his address. And it came one early evening and it said, um, sorry to bother you, which is how they open many of the dialogues that they go after. You know, sorry to bother you, but I'm but I'm in kind of a bad spot here. I'm trying to get a gift card for my niece for her birthday that is tomorrow, and my credit card won't work. So I'm wondering if you use Amazon, and if you would mind helping me. I'll pay you back, but I need to send this to her. Can you help? And it was signed by the dude, and I'm thinking maybe he's fallen on hard times. So there you go right away being sucked in because you want to help your friend and it sounds like he's in a bad spot. What I should have done right then was call the guy and say, did you just not email me? I didn't do that. Uh, I replied, I think, and said, sure, I can do something. Uh, how much do you... No, I didn't even ask him how much. Uh, I So I... He gave me the address to send it to. So after some contemplation, I thought, okay, why not? So I, I go to Amazon and buy a gift card for $100. Now, I look back and I, I'm embarrassed to even tell the story. But I did it. And I told him, I emailed him that I have bought a gift card for 100 bucks, And he writes back, can you do 300 100 isn't enough. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's some mighty big balls. <laughs> and I didn't reply to that. The next day, I texted him and said, did you email me last night about... He said, no, my email was hacked. And 
sorry about that. So I, so I bought it. Yeah. And that's crazy. Yeah. A lot of people that could, that probably happens way more than we even know. But I mean, I I didn't ever doubt that he was in a bad spot and maybe right. had required some help. And I thought, well, sure, I'll do that for you. But looking back, that was really dumb of me to buy into that. Without calling, but I did, and yeah. somebody got a. So that's why Wes says this guy walks into a store with a handful of gift cards that he has scammed people out of and bought a bunch of shit, to, you know, from Amazon. So, yeah. What else is on there? Other scams people keep falling for. Any get rich quick subscription program. The actual get rich scheme is launching a subscription program for a get rich <laughs> scheme. <sighs> Uh, sending people money on dating apps, which is, uh, you know, similar to oh, what we just talked on. about. Oh, come on. It happens all the time. Uh, but it's li- awful. Yeah. yeah. The lose 15 pounds in five days diets. <laughs> yeah. You know, crap like that. Uh, uh, psychic hotlines. Dick pills and stuff are also big out there. Oh, God. This, you know, you, you, you can add two inches to your dong in a week with this pill. If that works, then every man on earth would be, would be buying that stuff to add to their penis. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, other scams people keep falling for. Uh, it, it two, there are two scams, this person says, involving essential oils. First is the multi-level marketing, where yeah. you recruit people to sell overpriced stuff to other people. The other idea is that essential oils are a replacement for health care. People suggesting treating cancer and all sorts with oils instead of medicine. Uh, the one about I'm calling about your car's extended warranty. That's that one is. <laughs> I was getting that yeah. for months. Yeah. Uh, ooh, uh, this person says my parents spend over a hundred thousand a year on BS timeshares. They treat that crap like an investment, and they always tell me and my siblings, "You get to inherit it when we die. It's a good idea." Like, no, none of us want that garbage. The fees are cleaning charges, and crap costs more than a normal vacation. And every resort in a timeshare looks exactly the same. What's even the point? Yeah, every uh, hey, I, I didn't know about this for a long time, but then I have learned over the past past years that it is the worst investment you can ever make, and the and the worst part is they're impossible to get out of. Mm-hmm. Um, it. It, it's a bad idea unless you're doing it with somebody that you know and it's you and them and not you know 10 people it's a complete and utter scam and you're trapped yeah people and that's why you hear the commercials I, you know, now about getting out I was of stupid uh, it's unbelievable well so pay attention to what you're doing and don't buy into this like I did and I felt like a complete idiot for about a week but I thought I was helping and that's the that's the thing your own, you know, your own need to be kind to somebody mm-hmm. blows back in your face because you were they... you bought into it. Yeah. So don't buy yeah. it. Just just be a mean, rude a hole <laughs> to everybody, and you'll be much happier. Selfish a hole. Yeah. That's it. This is Drake Digital. <laughs>